0: For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. And I am so glad you're joining me today. And I have my good friend, Dr. Bobby Brewer, on the air today, which I'm very excited about. And we have a topic that is kind of different than what you would normally hear on my show. But it's one I'm very interested in. And when I found out that he was kind of an expert, I hope I can say that. Okay. Okay. No on, pressure. Uh, on UFOs. Because I'm always very interested in things like that. And they fascinate me. And so I have him on the air here today. And we're going to talk a lot about UFOs. He has a book called UFOs, Seven Things You Should Know. And I think it comes, it, it, the impetus of it was here in Phoenix. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, you know, that's correct. And so thanks, Cynthia, for having me on, first of <laughs> yes. all. And so I know it's kind of a topic that's, uh, man, it, it's out there. It right? is. But, that, uh, but this show was always out there. It is. But, yeah. uh, you know, in, in 1997, actually, there was an event that took place here in Phoenix. It was known as the Phoenix Lights. Because I
1: was here, too. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I
2: remember it, too. So I if, lived
1: in Tempe, and so I saw them across. Did you? Okay, yes. so
2: you are an eyewitness yes, as well. Yes, I was. And yes. so, I mean, what did you think when you first saw them?
1: I, well, I I have a tendency to believe in in things that mm-hmm. you know I like to believe in things that might be outside of what maybe factually the way that we can really think about yeah. it. So I I'm much more willing to believe that something's going on. And so I didn't know what was going on. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I went completely the scope of UFOs, but I thought for sure this is something. Yeah, you know, military, maybe right. UFOs, maybe the military. I don't know. So yeah,
2: you know, it was uh, the Phoenix. It was not normal, right? At all. Absolutely nothing not. nothing
1: normal about it.
2: That's the thing, you know. It didn't register with. Our known mm-hmm. knowledge of aeronautics. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, what is that? Exactly. You know, and, you know, people were pulled off, you know, here in Phoenix on the 101. Mm-hmm. And, well, because you know.
1: it was out, you know, like South Mountain. And so right. everyone wanted to say, well, maybe it's the towers. And I, I looked at it and I'm like, that is not the towers. These things yeah. are floating in the air. And right. it was wild. It for was a, a long trip. time.
2: Yeah. And so uh, for those of you who are new to the Valley, yeah, uh, back in 1997, mm-hmm. we had, you know, what's gone down in UFO lore. Yes, as true
1: visitation.
2: Phoenix lights incident. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was uh, lights were seen. They were witnessed by thousands. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this wasn't just like, you know, a few farmers out in right. Louisiana or right. something, but it was a major metropolitan city here, Phoenix, witnessed and uh, documented, you know, yes. with uh, you know, videos and so forth. You know, they're, they're still out there, of course. And so.
1: Because how long did it last?
2: You know, that I can't remember. I want to say a couple hours, I Yes, I, think. It, I mean, it, def- yeah. it
1: was not a couple of minutes. It Correct. was enough that people called their friends to come look at it. Exactly. It and people hung around. I stared at it for 15, 20 minutes to a half an hour.
2: Right, even all the local news mm-hmm. you know, here in yes. Phoenix had coverage on it. They had their own videos That's on right. it. That's and so, right. So it was uh, quite an event. So uh, that was in March 1997. And I began to just kind of dig into it to find out, okay, what is like the evangelical well, first, response let, to this, first you know. let
1: me ask you, what brought you to see them? Were you in that part of the t- part of town? Yeah. And so did you?
2: I was actually, uh, yeah, I was traveling on to 101, okay. actually. And I noticed uh, some cars pulled over. I mean, it was something like you would see out of a sci-fi movie. Right. I mean, right. cars are pulled over. Others are going kind of slow. And then I saw them myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, well, I mean, it literally, it kind of takes your breath away. It did. Yes. You know, if you actually. hmm Observe them, you know. It's just it like, was spooky, yeah, because it's just like, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, that just it's not a blimp. It's not a. I mean, what is it? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so uh, then, seriously, it's just like a sci-fi movie. You see all these cars pulled over. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people pointing up in the sky. It's like, man, this is a, a trip. Yes, you know, I had a, I can't remember where I was going at the time, but I had an appointment somewhere I had to be. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, then I cut onto radio, and there were a couple of radio stations right. were talking about it. You know, at the time, and so. Yeah, and I just realized, uh, I started digging it, it it was the buzz, you know, for like easily the next day. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was all, that's what everyone in Phoenix was talking about. And what I realized is there really wasn't a Christian response to it. Yes. You know, it's like, what are UFOs from a Christian perspective? Exactly. And uh, so I began to just honestly, to the very best of my ability, objectively dig into the UFO phenomenon, you know, uh, to see what I could Find out about it. What should be a response? And there really wasn't anything out there right. that I could find. I mean, right. very little. I mean, it was uh, some fringe stuff. And so, it, like, I felt like uh, you know what, I'm going to investigate this. Do my own like little personal investigation, <laughs> and I'm going to research it, you know, biblically and theologically and objectively, and provide some information out there for believers to talk about the UFO phenomenon.
1: And that it's amazing how God would make sure that you saw them. He would be like, yeah. "I need a, a Bible scholar actually in Phoenix that's going to actually see them and experience them." Yeah, and, no, and yeah. someone with an investigative <clears throat> mind. That's that interesting. Yeah, be... I never
2: have thought of it that way. Absolutely. But that's a good point. Yeah. So, but you nothing's know, nothing's happenstance. Yeah, absolutely not. And so, um, you know, what I realize is that, uh, you know, it's a phenomenon that's been around for a while. You know, I mean, apparently even Pharaoh Thutmose. The third mm-hmm. made a report, you know, of seeing a UFO. Uh, there's you know, there's records, you know, throughout history of people reporting things in disguise that don't seem to register with, you know, um, a comet or a meteor or a star or right. any type of, uh, avia- you know, anything in the aviation industry. And so it's like, well, so people out there really are seeing things. And then it, you know, probably here in the United States, it really took off. Back in 1947, there was a businessman by the name of Kenneth Arnold, and he was flying a small plane near Mount Rainier. And he reported seeing nine flying objects that were traveling faster than, you know, conventionally known speeds at the time. And he said that their pattern resembled saucers being skipped across the water the way rocks would skip across the water. And so that really is where we got the term flying saucer comes from. Yeah, and so... uh, So he made that report, and surprisingly, even though it's like, you know, really a small town up in Washington state, received international coverage. You know, it made headlines, you know, in Seattle. And then just weeks after that, in 1947, there was what's known as the Roswell incident. Right. So as far as, like, the United States is concerned, it really seems to be about 1947 is when this phenomenon just really hit the United States, and people are, you know, starting to wonder, hey, are we alone? You know, what are they? And what does but this and mean that for, is
1: an interesting statement are we alone
2: yeah are we alone mm-hmm. you know and so are we uh,
1: really the only ones uh, in the universe here
2: exactly yeah yes. and so that's what it you know that's kind of like what really seemed to prompt the phenomenon and uh, it's kind of interesting though you know what I've noticed is that um, there's a vast array of perspectives out there regarding UFOs you know, okay. s- some people see UFOs as proof of life outside of planet Earth and they uh, kind of uh, see this as a cosmic savior. Right. Okay, so here's what I mean. It's like, uh, hey, we're not alone. And uh, hey, if these people, creatures, have discovered a way to traverse the galaxy, maybe they've got cures for the illnesses that we're facing. Maybe they have the answers to our energy crisis. Well, and
1: you know, they always want to believe they're nicer than we are.
2: Always, you know, because
1: everyone wants to feel like you know, who whatever's going on with all of us humans, that maybe there's someone out there, something that's going to be nicer, kinder, safer, gentler, right? Helpful,
2: yeah. And that's that's, kind of what I mean. There's there's one group that definitely kind of sees it as being like a cosmic savior. Hey, if we can make contact, then Earth's problems will be solved, and um, you know, everyone will be nicer.
1: It's the giant parent other than God.
2: Yes. Yeah, we, like
1: we want a different yeah. option. And something
2: like that. Um, you know, some people see it as, um, you know, it's just simply uh, not so much a cosmic savior, but just, you know, other civilizations out there who, who are explorers. and They yes. want to see yes. what life on Earth is like. Uh, there's a time travel theory that somehow in the future people have discovered how to, how to come back. How to come back. Absolutely. And that's what it is. Yes. And then uh, some people are saying it's the paranormal, you know, that it's demonic. Right. In fact, you know, or some people say angels, you know, but right. uh, normally when they go through the paranormal route, they end up saying it's demonic. So,
1: so, so explain that. Why do you think that would be?
2: Yeah, I think it's because a couple of reasons. One, if, if you, um, the, only, the only difference between people who live in a haunted house and people who have a, you know, what's called a third encounter with an alien yes. is a spaceship is the only difference. Uh, So apparently these beings, you know, communicate whether you're in a haunted house or whether you're in a spaceship, apparently they communicate through telepathy. Right. Uh, People are absolutely traumatized, okay, who go through these events. Uh, Most people don't want to experience this event again.
1: Well, see, and I think that's a good point to any of the listeners, that if they are somehow listening and they're thinking they relate to this, the reason that you and I would make the distinction between angels and paranormal is because angels are always going to lead you to God. If you experience an angel, your life is going to be changed so dramatically, so positively, right. that you are going to seek God harder than you ever have. Even if you didn't believe in God, you now will.
2: It's a great point. When it's Cynthia, paranormal
1: yeah. to paranormal, it is traumatizing.
2: Right. Exactly. You know, even in the scriptures, we see that. You know, with um, you know the Apostle John, right. he sees an angel and he just because of the holiness of the angels. I mean, angels they are not deity, but they're holy, meaning they're without mm-hmm. sin. You know, he falls on his knees and he says, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a servant of God, just like you." Right. So far, we haven't had that report from any UFO encounter.
1: Because that's an Im- important distinction to, for people to, when we have people that are seekers, that are wanting, you know, different experiences other than the human experience, that you, you go seeking out paranormal experiences, it is not going to be helpful Yeah. in and any yeah. way, shape, or form. Right.
2: And f- exactly. And in fact, if you follow the trail of the UFO phenomenon long mm-hmm. enough, most likely you will end up in the, the occult. Yes, I mean, if you yes. follow that trail long enough far enough, you'll end up in new age or
1: right some right.
2: form of pluralism, you know cosmic pluralism, even right. and so the reason uh, some people lean towards the idea of it being paranormal uh, is because people are traumatized right uh, people are and, you know, held against her will. Well, and
1: that's when they do lots of that different psychotherapy. That's hypnosis, all types of things because EMDR, because they have a traumatic, traumatic experience.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like one famous case here in Arizona happened in Snowflake, Arizona. His name was Travis Walton, and they made a movie about it. It was called uh, Fire in the Sky. And he would just tell you, very matter-of-factly, this is what happened, and he was traumatized by it. You know, I mean, it's like being uh, a Vietnam POW or something, you know. There right. a lot of these people. Right.
1: Seem it's wounding. To never quite it's not strengthening. Same. It's wounding.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you know, you have, of course, some people who are like close encounter wannabes. But let me just tell you that that's really an encounter from my experience and my research. A person doesn't really want to have. Exactly. You know. Yes. So.
1: Well, that that's amazing. Well, we're kind of we're kind of ending this first particular segment. So I I'm hoping that listeners that you are are really wanting to finish this show because this is really fascinating in terms of our own spirituality and and one of the ways even that i see one of the reasons i wanted bobby on the show is one of the things that i see spiritually is that people are becoming more seeker oriented and i don't mean seeker in a in in any other way than the world really is not working anymore and america is struggling and so people are going to be more apt to look outside for, th- for other things. And so I'm wanting to encourage people through this conversation of who we really want to seek.
0: Yep. And if
1: we want extra extra extraordinary experiences and mystic experiences, God is very willing to give them to us. Yes. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment with Bobby Brewer as we talk about UFOs, Seven Things That You Should Know. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me today. And before I forget, I want to encourage you always to visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Also on Facebook, Cynthia Hyatt Inc., that's I-N-C for incorporated. You can visit that for daily devotions, inspirational um, things, writings. You can find out where I'm speaking or singing, so... Always love it when you join me there.
2: Wait a well, minute. Yes. And singing. I, I do, do sing. Oh, I didn't know that. You did. So. Yes, I do. Oh, awesome. Good. I love to sing. You have some many, woman of many talents here.
1: Well, thank you. Oh. I do enjoy, I do enjoy singing. So, well, I have, if you, that voice was Dr. Bobby Brewer, my friend that I am so glad to have on the show today. And we are, we were talking in between the break that this is kind of a show that is kind of out there. And it is truly about UFOs. And so I'm glad that you joined me because he, is one of the, what now is considered an expert. He's written a book on this, and this uh, came from the experience of Phoenix Lights. If any of you here listening to the show are from Phoenix, you might remember in 1997 this whole issue that occurred with uh, the Phoenix Lights. So, Bobby, we were talking about the difference between um, this whole idea of UFOs and that kind of experience being very different. Usually it will be seen or felt as a paranormal experience. right? And so you left off with the guy in Snowflake.
2: Yeah. So there was a guy in Snowflake, Arizona. Uh, his name was Travis Walton. And in fact, there was a movie that was made about his encounter. It's called Fire in the Sky. I think they still show it on like TNT or FX channel every now and then. And he uh, yeah, was a logger and uh, they saw a UFO. They pulled their truck over to go see it. And um, he, you know, how else can you say it? He was abducted, you know, in his own words. Wow. and. He was gone for I think about three days, and then he, you know, showed back up. And you know, he's kind of a guy. Uh, I don't know how to say. it. He's kind of like your typical macho guy, logger, like unassuming. Blogger, unassuming uh, not the kind of person who want to perpetuate a hoax, and you know, you can tell he's been very embarrassed by. Like it. doesn't fact,
1: want the attention at all.
2: Doesn't want the attention. I mean, people were sent out to look for him. You know, he was gone, and you know, um, you know, for over seventy two hours, and so didn't want to, But he'll just tell you, very matter of fact, this is what happened you know, and I wish it would have never happened, Right. you know, and uh, yeah. It's just Does he
1: have physical ramifications from it? No
2: physical ramifications, but, you know, uh, definitely you could tell he's been through some uh, mental torment, you know, through it, you know, and just the fear and the nightmares uh, that come with such an encounter. Wow. And so, you know, so far there's no record of any person having a close encounter with, you know, uh, an ET uh, where the ET says... A nice one. Yeah, the nice one that says, Jesus is Lord. You know what I mean? And so, you know, sometimes people ask me, what should I do if I ever see one? And I was like, well, ask it, uh, hey, who is Jesus? Let that be your first question.
1: Or, or plead for the blood of Jesus. Ask for the blood yeah. of Jesus.
2: But hey, who, who is Jesus? Right. And uh, if they don't know, then hey, evangelize them. Exactly. But, uh But, uh you know, uh to me, they are... Uh, you know, they're kind of angels of light mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Explain that a little. You know, their message is a very new age message. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's not, the, it's, it's not new age. It it's, should call it old age. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. Hey, you can be like God. Right. You know, uh, right. You know what I mean? I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is oldest Genesis chapter 3. There's nothing new about it whatsoever. You know, and so that's why, you know, I kind of lean towards, you know, if I have to pick a camp, I'm going to fall in the camp. that I, I think this is a paranormal Camp, and this is one of the reasons why I wrote the book. You know, let me um, just clarify. Like, I never really want it to be known as like you know the UFO guy. I mean, right, that's not, right. that's not my <laughs> aspiration. In fact, uh, I've kind of kept a low profile. Isn't
1: that just like God, the very yeah. thing that you don't and, uh, really hear? right? And so,
2: but uh, what I found is it's opened up doors for me to speak into this community, you right. know, into you know, like um, here in Arizona and Sedona, you know, in conferences and places like that. There, there's simply no Christian voice that's speaking. Into this phenomenon, exactly. I mean, and you can't deny it's a phenomenon. I mean, uh, even shows like History Channel—they have uh, these, you know—they have a program called Ancient Aliens, and that's all the TV show is about—is about alien. You know, you know, their their hypothesis is always going to be that hey, uh, aliens behind whatever Machu Picchu, or uh, right, it's an alien. Right. Who's behi- I mean, no matter what it is. Oh, the answer is aliens, you know what I mean? But it's History Channel, I mean, for crying out loud, you know what I mean? That shows like Discovery Channel, um, even um, their shows called like Paranormal Witness, and they've done a couple of UFO encounters. And so uh, because, you know, we're in a postmodern culture, uh, there's the paranormal's hot. You know, Mm -hmm. people are fascinated about the paranormal. And for the most part, though, Jesus hasn't been invited to the party. And so one of the reasons I wrote the book was I was hoping that, you know, in some ways it could be something of like a gospel track for people who are incredibly intrigued, you know, by the UFO phenomenon. Or maybe they've got, a I don't know, a child or a friend who's interested in right. it. That it can maybe just, you know, shed some light from a, from a you know, biblical perspective. Well, I think
1: it's important because... We, it's not like it's ridiculous if we, have, as a Christian community, deny the existence of this. Yeah, I mean, That's we, ridiculous. Yeah, and you know, to so me, we need to have an answer.
2: Absolutely, and you know, the same thing happened. In fact, with Darwinism, mm-hmm. when Darwinism was introduced in 1859, the publication of the Origin of Species. I mean, Christians scoffed at it. It's like, right. oh yeah, right, we came from monkeys. No one will ever believe that. Well, here we are. You know, uh, you know, 150 years later, and guess what? It's taught as fact. In your exactly. typical high school biology textbook, you know what I mean. And yes. so, I kind of think we may be on the front end of an avalanche here, where you know, although you know, mostly we scoff at it now. Most mm-hmm. Christians scoff. I wouldn't be shocked if you know, forty, fifty years from now, um, extraterrestrial intelligence will be seen just like Darwinian evolution.
1: Well, I think that they're
2: that, out there; that they exist. Intelligent life is out there, and
1: and and you know. really take and really giving the paranormal. Um, something to disguise themselves with because there's already a belief that's established that they can then perpetuate. Yeah. Instead of being able to say, you know, there's been extra, extra, you know, out uh, abnormal, paranormal things from the beginning of time. It's, it's our time that has seen l- less of it than any other time. Right. And I think that that's noteworthy is that if we start to see more of it, that's more common than what it used to be, you know, early dark ages, you know, uh, the Old yeah. Testament. You know, even in the New Testament, you know, part of the New Testament, the first couple centuries, there there certainly were, extra, not terrestrial, but there there was a lot of paranormal types of experiences right. that Absolutely. people were expecting to have. That's some of how they expected to get answers, because they didn't have the resources we have now to get a ton of answers. Yeah, and so they depended on that. Right. Mysticism was was very typical and common. I mean, that's Harry Potter.
2: Absolutely, and so that's that's why there's such a fascination with it. Is I think people are looking, you know, to postmodern culture's credit uh i think they've figured out there's more to life than just getting up and going to work and getting up and going to. you know i mean Mm -hmm. they're thinking there has to be more and they're right Right. there is more you know uh the problem is is that it seems like the the voices and the paranormal circle circles are a little bit more louder if you will or get a little bit more press well we are much more willing
1: and we want to believe in something that's um that's exceptional, something that is, um, you know, outside of what we can imagine. And then we want to project onto it that it's really nice and loving and kind. And then when we get angels of light that are masquerading as light mm-hmm. and we have a huge, big surge of angel, angelology right. and all of this. And we have these wonderful people that are getting all these spiritual readings from angels and they're kind and beautiful. Uh, messages that they're getting I have clients that that are showing me and and they're beautiful wonderful messages from angels and and I'm wanting to say you know I'm not against God using an angel to speak to you but we have to have a basis for where we are making sure we get that information because if you originally get that information it's wonderful nice kind future oriented and hopeful well you're going to be that much more willing to ask that direction versus going to really who is the source wow so this is Cynthia Good. Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment with Dr. Bobby Brewer as we talk about, again, UFOs. And I will get to the seven things you should know. Okay. <laughs> I hear the whispers in my well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. And this is Cynthia Hyatt. And again, before I forget, I want you to make sure that you visit my website at cynthiahyatt.com. That's C I N T H I A H I E T T. It's spelled just like it sounds. Cynthiahyatt.com. And you can also visit me on Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. That's I N C for Incorporated. Today, I have Dr. Bobby Brewer um, talking about his book, UFO Seven Things You Should Know. And I was so excited to have him on the air because he's also um, a Phoenician. He wasn't born here. But he was here in 1997 when this uh, whole uh, Phoenix Lights occurred, and he ended up writing a book about it, which I didn't know anything about until I met him and talked with him. I'm Trying to keep a low profile to some some (laughs) degree. This is kind of off track from what our show normally is, but it is on track with what our show is about because we are always pointing you back to God. We're always pointing you back to Christ. We're always pointing you back to the way that actually works. And so I really see the whole UFO phenomenon in terms of New Age and we were talking on in the last segment about angelology, that there's a whole there's this upsurge of this phenomenon of just extra out abnormal, paranormal things. I think I made up some words right there. That's good. I like it. That um, are continuing to cause people to move toward another source for information. So we left off with, you know, when you and I were talking um, in the break about Angel of Light issue. Mm -hmm. And so elaborate a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so Angel of Light. Uh, Here's the thing we have to remember about the devil is Mm -hmm. he was once in heaven. And so uh, he knows the dress code, he knows the lingo, he knows the language and everything. I, I was reminded of this a while back. I was... Had a meeting and uh, I was a little early for it actually, and I actually it was actually near a place where I used to work, which was MCI, and it was kind of interesting because I realized, you know what, I uh, I know how to get into that parking garage still, and I know how to enter the door. Uh, I know the code language. Uh, I know the dress code. Uh, you know what I could. I could still pull that gig off. I could probably get in that building if I really had to right now. You know, I mean, they had no intention of doing it. But I was just kind of the thoughts, you know, I know where to park and how to get in the garage. I I know all that. And it just kind of reminded me, you know what, that's the same way with uh, the devil. You know, uh, he's an angel of light. Uh, He knows the dress code. He knows the back. He knows the employee entrance. He knows what's expected. And this is why he can do such a great job of imitating that which is real. Um, well, it, it's really,
1: it's the same as if people can understand that the enemy is very much a predator. We really encourage little children. We want to protect little children from predators because they always look really nice. They say, right. hey, come fi- help me find my exactly. puppy. They dress the right way. They have the right things. They have the things that entice a child. That Even though we tell them time and time and time again, don't go with a stranger. Say no stranger danger. They still will be enticed right. by the right things.
2: Yeah. And that's the case with the UFO phenomenon. It's, it's enticing. It's, mm-hmm. it's appealing. I mean, it, it appeals to our intellect, you know, uh, especially if you love a good mystery or something that, hey, there's something bigger than life out there. And now I don't have to worry about the God thing so much more. You know what I mean? And in some ways, the UFO thing kind of reinforces uh, the, the theories of evolution that, hey, if right. you just have a, the right amount of light, water, vegetation. Uh, you can have life anywhere really. Or some people say, hey, we're products that, you know, we're hybrids of alien. I mean, there's some crazy, bizarre theories out there. But at the end of the day, you have to ask the question, can it pass the Jesus test? And this is what the apostles told us. The apostles told us all of them, Peter, Jude, John, they all warned us that false teachers Mm -hmm. are coming. And they did. And they are. They're here now. And uh, I see them as false teachers because they cannot pass the Jesus test. And they
1: can't offer life.
2: Yeah, so that's why, you know, uh, I I really do mean, like, if you should encounter one, I hope you never will. But if you do, ask them, hey, who is Jesus? And that should uh, answer the question right there. Absolutely. Unless they say, oh, he's the son of God, and, yeah, we celebrate Christmas also, or, like, I don't know, you probably won't get, so far there's no record (laughs) of that type of an answer. (laughs) Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well,
1: I think that's a really important point, because, you know, it's this idea that there are other worlds out there, maybe places we should go that'll be better than where we are in our world, you know. You know, global warming and all of that, and we got to find a new planet. Right. And it was interesting because I was really thinking about this when when I talked to you earlier about this UFO book, and I was thinking about it, and I was watching the Discovery Channel, and they had this entire show on uh, planets from hell, which hmm. I thought was a fascinating title. And so I started watching it, and it was really fascinating because it was these you know researchers who were really convinced that there were other places that we could live, and they went out searching for them, and they went as far out into the universe as they could go and they were actually traumatized by the planets they found. The planets were not only not inhabitable, but were hellish. Wow. And they were stunned at the environments on these planets that they kept trying to look. And that's why they entitled this show Planets from Hell. Wow, that's there interesting. are more planets from hell. Yeah. And they could find none that were even kind.
2: And so planet Earth is kind of like the so-called freak of nature. Well, and the kindest
1: planets in the universe were the ones in our little solar system. Mm -hmm. Interesting. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we could go on for two hours, but we have one more segment, so hang in there, and we're going to finish this show with Dr. Bobby Brewer. So join us again with UFOs and the 7 Things You Should Know. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and this hour is going so quickly. I have uh, Dr. Bobby Brewer on the show with his book about UFOs, and I do want you to know that you can find this on Amazon.com, and it is called UFOs, Seven Things You Should Know. And this is Dr. Bobby Brewer, or Robert Brewer, B-R-E-W-E-E-R. And I'm going to tell you what is in this book. The first chapter is it's not just a fringe belief anymore. And we kind of talked about that. It's also people really are seeing things. Space, urban legends, the Bible, and UFOs. Proof of ETI would not undermine the theological foundations of Christianity. The UFO phenomenon often has occult-like characteristics. And the UFO phenomenon reflects the spiritual hunger of the postmodern era. That's a, that's fascinating. Yeah,
2: So, you know... Um- I was going to tell your listeners, if they want, if, um, unfortunately, the the publisher of this book went out of business, they were a victim of the recession, but, uh, you know, you can always feel free to contact me. Again, it's okay. Bobby Brewer, and the easiest way to get a hold of me is through my email. It'd be Brewer at com. So that's b-o-b-b-y dot b-r-e-w-e-r at com. And uh, feel free to drop me an email if you've got, you know, some friends out there, or maybe even you yourself have some questions. I'd be more than glad.
1: Or if any, with you. any of um, the churches would like you to come and speak on this, it would Absolutely. be really powerful.
2: Absolutely. And so I've, I've done that a few times. Like I said, you know, I've, I've had some uh, opportunities at mostly uh, kind of like UFO conferences, you know. And <laughs> right. so I was, man, it's a trip, you know. I'll just say. But you know what? Uh, someone kind of needs to be a missionary into Absolutely. that whole field, and Absolutely. that's kind of how I see myself when I get those opportunities.
1: So let me just ask you point blank. So, do you believe in UFOs? And what, how would you, if not, then what would be, for our listeners, how would you, after you've done all this research, what would you say?
2: Yeah, right now, I do believe people are seeing things, without a doubt. I mean, uh, you know, it's, not, it's kind of not just for fruitcakes anymore. Or experiencing things. They, yeah, people are really seeing things. That they, you know, obviously, there are some intentional hoaxers out there. There are right. some, um, you know, what I call close encounter wannabes who everything they see is a UFO. But there really are some just normal people going about life who are having these encounters. They're seeing things that don't. You know, they can't explain, really. So people are indeed really seeing things. Um, uh, Most of them, unfortunately, are making the leap from UFO, meaning unidentified flying object, to ETI, extraterrestrial intelligence. Okay, so for me, UFO does not equal ETI. So let me just say a couple things on this. One, let's say they do exist. All right, personally, in my opinion, I don't think they do, but it's not a deal breaker for me if they do. I think this is one thing that we as Christians, we need to learn from the Copernican Revolution. Okay, Explain so that. Copernican Revolution was, Nicholas Copernicus was an astronomer, and he said, uh, hey, check it out. Of course, I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> he said, hey, check it out. Actually, we go around the sun and not vice versa. And the belief up until that time was that the sun and the planets rotated around Earth. And Copernicus said, no, it's actually we go around the sun. And unfortunately, the church branded him as a heretic, as false teaching. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so I'm not prepared to be as dogmatic and saying absolutely, positively. They do not exist. Uh, God's a very creative God. It certainly wouldn't shock me, Cynthia, if he has indeed created other life forms out there. I mean, to me, it wouldn't be a shocker. What I do know, if they do exist, God's their creator as well. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so if they do exist, God is their creator as well. To me, it's pretty simple uh, in that aspect of it, theologically. What I do know is that the focus of the Scriptures— the focus of Jesus Christ was on the redemption of humanity. So that's the one thing I do know. Uh, okay, so maybe they do exist. Hey, awesome. But guess what? Our focus is on the redemption of humanity as far as God seems to be concerned. You know, from and so the, if
1: he's using UFOs to get people to start thinking or to be like other people that would not be moved spiritually, if mm-hmm. they see this, they are absolutely moved. Absolutely. And, and yeah. so the, the intent would be, again, to draw them to Christ.
2: I would hope so, yeah, yes, to, absolutely. To say, you
1: know, if God is doing these things, then it's it's another way for him to get our attention because we yeah. can be so deaf, dumb, and blind sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I mean, there's no nut, bolt, carcass that overwhelmingly, you know, provides proof. You know, like in a court of law, it just simply wouldn't hold up right now. There, right. There's just no evidence to substantiate other than eyewitness accounts. And So
1: what's the big thing about Roswell then and yeah, what you think is hidden there?
2: Absolutely. Well, see, here's the thing with Roswell is— uh, it is, you know, a lot of people who do believe in UFOs, they point to Roswell as, the, as a smoking gun. And here's why. Um, something did indeed and crash. There was indeed a crash site in Roswell. And then the United States government had a cover-up story. And the cover-up story was just that. It was a cover-up. And so, man, you got the perfect ingredients there for a conspiracy theory. Hey, something crashed. Right. Government gets involved. They changed their stories. And now they're saying, oh, nothing Ever no, really happened, right. and so um, what did happen? It was 1947. It was uh, pre U2, uh, as in the the plane, not the band. <laughs> and so uh, the U2 spy plane didn't come out until the 50s. And so it was an attempt by the United States to uh, spy on Soviet Russia. I mean, we had just started the Cold War in 1947. So it was basically it was something like it was indeed like a we looked like a weather balloon today that had you know. I don't know how else to say it, uh, surveillance capabilities, Mm -hmm. okay? And they were doing testing uh, in uh, White Sands, New Mexico. Uh, This was known as Project Mogul. All of this has been declassified now. Um, So that's what it was. It probably got struck by lightning. It crashed, and people were seeing stuff. The first people to discover it, a guy named Mac Braswell, who was a rancher, yeah, he was seeing stuff he never had seen before. Right. I mean, it almost would be like seeing... Some of the Apollo, you know, uh, spacecraft or the Mercury spacecraft crash site, you didn't even know there was plans to go to the moon. I mean, it, w- it was kind of like that. It was that undercover, and so you're seeing materials and debris that's like, well, I've never seen anything like this before. And so he reported, "Hey, it looks like a spaceship," and probably if you or I had seen it, right. we may very well may have seen the same thing because it was like materials and contraptions and debris that just didn't register with us. And so, in fact, the uh, the Roswell newspaper actually reported that the uh, Roswell Army Air Force has captured crash site. You know, they have the debris of a crash site from a, a spaceship. And so, Cynthia, instantly, this made the APUP. This goes around the world instantly, all right? Everyone is talking about
1: it. Well, see, and it goes back to this whole idea that people that would hear— the way that you're talking about it, that there is not this UFO and people that are so desperate to believe in this and how sad they can feel that it's like, what if it's not true? And it goes to this whole idea that we as humans need to believe in something bigger than ourselves. And, And we as Christians have a responsibility to live a life, to present Christ in a way that is causing people to seek after him, not cause people to say, I don't want anything to do with that. Right. Because we're all hardwired to really seek that, to need that. To need that connection with something higher, bigger than us, that's, that are our, our, our creator, where we came from, just like children want to know their parents, why we have adopted people seeking biological parents, because we, it's just hardwired into us. And so part of our responsibility, like what you're doing, is you're offering this idea that, hey, we're not saying there aren't weird things going on. God is a highly creative God. What we're saying is there is an answer mm-hmm. that's deeper, that's, that's redemptive, that UFOs don't, don't offer.
2: Yeah, that's that's a great way to summarize it, and so yeah, it just appeals to that whole hunger mm-hmm. that you know, our culture has, you know, for meaning, for purpose,
1: exactly
2: in life, and just the intrigue with the supernatural and the paranormal. I mean, there was a guy named John Nesbit who wrote a book called Megatrends, and he actually he predicted that this day would come where people would be absolutely fascinated with the paranormal. And uh, they are. I mean, mm-hmm. you take a look at, uh, you were mentioned Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my wife and I, we used to like to watch, well, we still do like to watch Travel Channel. But uh, now it's all these shows, like uh, most haunted places, uh, right. most terrifying right. places. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, all this I stuff know. that's kind of like that. It's like, dude, I thought I was <laughs> wanted to learn about <laughs> who Brazil. Li- who really you lives know? in your house. Yeah, <laughs> right. Seriously, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And so, But obviously, they wouldn't be having these shows air unless people were watching them. So obviously they're they're appealing to what people want to see. And
1: I I think what what is hard is that Christians aren't adequately, you know, educating and expressing the fact that there is absolutely a huge spiritual realm. There's a huge, intricate, very powerful, deep, you know, historical spiritual realm that it isn't just that God is this, you know, we pray to. It's that there's a whole entire world we don't know anything about that we can't see. Yeah, and so it, it's almost like it's either or. So you either be a Christian, and there's nothing like that, or it's then I can believe in the fact that people do experience things. They do experience whatever haunting might be. Now I don't believe that that people come back. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not true biblically but that doesn't mean that I don't think that demons are wanting to terrorize people. Absolutely. You know, and what, what we want to see is that the whole demonic activity God always uses for good, because we're hoping that someone that's terrorized by a demon would come talk to an educated Christian so they could be directed in the manner that God would want them to be so that they could understand that. Wow. If that drives you to look at things spiritually, then let's look at them.
2: Yeah. And that's where, you know, I think uh, we can have a, a better voice. Yes. And, you know, The age of reason kind of uh, made it embarrassing to believe in angels or demons or anything that was supernatural. I mean, it was scoffed at. You know, I mean, it was the age of reason. But guess what? Postmodernism has totally done a flip flop on that. Uh, They're totally open to whatever.
1: See, I think you had no idea what was going to happen when you wrote this book because Christians, we have this tendency to always be following instead of leading. Right. And so you led this, you led yeah, well, already, you. you're already out there saying, hey, I already wrote about this and yeah, well, now everyone's you. even more interested in it and you've already written about it. So it's awesome.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you. You no, it's been doing pretty well. And so uh, I appreciate that. And, you know, again, it's something that I, you know, as I was saying earlier, I didn't really want to be known as the <laughs> UFO guy, but I, I was just like, man, I was just grieved to some degree that there was nothing on the bookshelves from a Christian Absolutely. perspective, you know, everything Absolutely. either led to the new age or to a cult or, you know, some type of basically, you no know, pluralistic belief or, you know, something of that nature. It's like, man, someone needs to be kind of like a missionary or
1: Exactly. Well, and I want, I want to really encourage, you know, listeners to please contact Bobby. If you don't go to Amazon, please contact Bobby, because what a great thing if you read this book and have friends over to talk about it. Well, I mean, that's a lot more um, innocuous than asking them to come over so you can present Christ to them.
2: Yeah, and that would be one of the, the key points, you know, as, as you were uh, reading off, you know, the, the seven things you should know is that, you know, it's not just for fruitcakes anymore. <laughs> and, of course, exactly. yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm being a little cynical <laughs> there. But uh, what I mean is there, there really are there's people out there with PhDs who believe in uh, extraterrestrial life. Okay, there's astronomers who believe in it. There's explorers who believe in it. I mean, there's, you know, people of all walks who are well-educated, reasonable people. I mean, it's not just for, yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, because what happens is with this whole, you know, the whole idea of of uh, philosophy about, you know, is this quest for new things and something new. And what I think people don't understand is that really God is like this vortex. I mean, like, you like you meet him and it's like the bottom of the triangle. And the more you get to know him, the bigger he gets. I mean, I tell people all the time when I first met Christ, I felt so close to him. We were like friends. I like I could hug him. And now the God that I know, the Christ I know, is like it's trying to hug the moon. I mean, I can't, can't even—he's yeah. so big, right? And so it isn't that the more you become a Christian, the smaller the world gets. It's the opposite. So good, but the the enemy wants us to think that it's so limited. And that somehow the world of UFOs and extraterrestrial and, and angelology and, and, you know, all the demonic and the paranormal, that is like something that just is expansive. Yeah. You know, and really that has end to it. Mm-hmm. It, it really is very limited right. in what it can give you.
2: Yeah. And it's something that we've been dealing with since the beginning of the church. Yes. I mean, uh, probably Colossians was dealing with something that was kind of like angelology and mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, anyways, I want to say thank you, Cynthia, for having me on. I really appreciate well, it. Well, this yeah. was
1: very fun, and we should do this again because I know I didn't really get into the book like I would, would like, and I hope that the listeners are 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 really interested and pursue this because I think that it would be really important for we as Christians to have some answers about this instead of just look at people and, and say that it's wrong. Yeah. We need to be a little bit more educated.
2: Absolutely. It'll just open up more doors for you. Absolutely. And so the more you know, uh, I believe that you know God will honor that and— I think you'll be blessed. So I hope you can check out the book. So and, give, the, uh, give the information me one an more email. time. Yeah, it's UFO, Seven Things You Should Know. And you can get it on Amazon. And you can also get a hold of it uh, through me. You know, if you live here in the Valley, I'd be glad to drop you a copy. B-O-B-B-Y dot B-R-E-W-E-R at cityofgrace.com. That's bobby.brewer at cityofgrace.com. I'm also on Facebook.
1: Thank you. This All is, right, is Cynthia, Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me next week and also visit me on my Facebook and website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Have a great week.